0: everybody, it's Seth with the Cleaning Professionals Podcast. We just want to let you know that today you're going to be hearing part one of our interview with Courtney Lee. Be sure to tune in next week to hear part two.
1: Welcome to the Cleaning Professionals Podcast. We are a show
0: dedicated
1: to the cleaning industry. And now, our hosts, Patrick and Seth.
0: right, everybody, welcome back to the Cleaning Professionals Podcast. I'm Seth. I'm Patrick. Patrick, we have a special guest on with us today. Who do we have?
2: We have Mr. Courtney. Many of you know him really. um, Most people within the community uh, have at least heard of Courtney. Most have seen his YouTube videos. Um, He's got a really big presence on social media. So we asked Courtney to come on and we appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come and talk with us. So, uh, this is Mr. Courtney Lee and Courtney, uh, if you would just tell us a little bit about yourself. I think most guys that are at least on social media know who Courtney Lee is. Very few don't. Uh, but yeah. for some, maybe out there that don't, or for some that know you, but don't really, you know, they see you on cleaners connect and they see you on YouTube, but they don't really know the background, the story of about how Courtney Lee got started. Just give us a, give us a brief background about yourself.
1: Oh, uh, Courtney Lee um, started out in the cleaning industry at the age of nineteen, reading a um, article back when we, you know when people used to find jobs in the newspaper. And um, I uh, found a uh, first job with a um, it was a kind of like a bait and switch company, but I loved the freedom that I had, you know, cleaning carpets. And um, at the age of nineteen, I just really just kind of fell in love with the service of cleaning carpets and meeting people and just. You know, just being at different locations in different cities day in and day out. After that, I started working for multiple other companies, um, you know, just kind of just, you know, coming from, in, in, you know, based out of the Atlanta metro area, um, which used to be very huge with a lot of multi-truck operations. But a lot of these operations do not exist anymore. So I used to kind of just bounce back and forth from different company and then eventually, you um, the birth of Truman's at the, at the time Truman's services, uh, 2006, 2006. And, um, you know, I, I kind of picked up some of those bad habits working for some of those companies that I started with. And I kind of transitioned those, you know, into a uh, Truman services at the time. And for five years, man, I just, just failed, you know, just doing a lot of work, you know, working, 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 but it wasn't making profit. And then eventually I, Started to, you know, revamp the business, uh, change my mindset, change my appearance, you know, just work on different things uh, to help improve me, um, not just as a service provider, but just as a person. Because one thing I will say about the service industry is that, you know, um, we, we you know, you're dealing with people and, and, and a lot of people know BS. You know, a lot of people know when you're trying to take advantage of them or you're trying to, you know, uh, do something that, that that they're already familiar with. And I always wanted to be able to relate with people. And I think that's one of my uh, special uh, attributes is being able to relate with people and um, just be a people's person because, you know, people buy from people. Um, once I started doing this, you know, I started doing videos on YouTube and um, I started studying a lot of the companies that was in my area and a lot of things. And one thing I noticed that a lot of them, did not um, do, you know, was not only just before and after pictures, um, but videos. Nobody was doing videos. And I said, you know what, man, I could take advantage of this free platform, which was YouTube at the time, which was definitely wasn't big like it is now. And I just started doing videos to showcase my work. And I took a few of those videos and I put them on my front page of my website. And I used to always <laughs> have people call me and just hey, I love your videos. I love your videos. And I just started doing more and more and more. And next thing you know, I started having cleaners from around the country call me, you know, from my YouTube videos asking me what was I using and, you know, what was I doing and, you know, this and that. And next thing you know, one thing led to another. I started doing tips of the days and started catering more to the cleaners and it just got to the point where it just started to get overwhelmed with calls every day from cleaners around the country. And I said, man, and um, so before starting Cleaners Connect, I used to do a Ring Central where we used to have like a group of 40, 50 guys, you know, and we would come on once a week and just talk about carpet cleaning and I said, you know what? I told my buddy Chandler Thompson, I said, man, I want to start a group on Facebook, you know, um, you know, and that was four years ago and I, you know, came up with the name Cleaners Connect and I asked Chandler, would he be a part of it? he said, yes. And we started Cleaners Connect and the rest was history and just has been a great platform um, and has Definitely given a lot of cleaners opportunities to uh, to better themselves, uh, enhance their cleaning skills and their business mindsets. And also myself, Cleaners Connect has definitely brought me a lot of opportunity as well. So that's just a little background of Courtney Lee, guys. So, hey,
0: you, um, not to go back to your story, but uh, you I've heard you tell a story about uh, kind of the breaking point for you when you was at the drive-thru. You remember yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Tell that story real quick because that's a really good story.
1: Yeah, my fried chicken story. Um, you know, it was, uh, it was probably about, oh, man, probably about eight, nine, about nine years ago. And I went to uh, <clears throat> uh to the, well, first me and my wife and kids, you know, we went to Target. And guys, I, I probably had like $87 in my account. And I don't know if you guys have been, been in this position. Um, so I swiped my card and I did it as uh, credit. I did it as credit. So hopefully they didn't take the money right away. And I thought they didn't. So we went we going home, stopped at Popeye's fried chicken. And, um, you know, it was like a box of chicken for like maybe a little bit over 20 bucks. And I gave the teller my card and it declined because Target had <laughs> <took> their money <laughs> when we just left Target. And um, man, the the, the the my wife, it, it, well, she was with my wife at the time, but you know, my wife who was my girlfriend at the time, she had ended up paying for it, and it and it made me feel so low as, as just a a, a a husband, a father, a person, because, like, here I am, I'm working every day, day in, day out, doing all... The, I mean, guys, it was... There was a the time, man, I was doing, like, five, six jobs a day, but I did not understand business. I was like, how am I doing all these jobs? And even my wife, you know, was asking me, you doing all these jobs, where's your money? I'm like, I, I don't know, you know? I couldn't even answer the <laughs> whole question. And, man, i tell you guys, man, I share this story because a lot of us go through these things, but a lot of us don't, you know... We're not open with it because sometimes we feel like we're the we're the only person that is going through struggle. And and a lot of people, most people in this world struggle. Most people do not come from uh, uh you know uh royalty families or rich families. It's just not reality. And guys, I, I went home, man, and that whole night I just cried, I just cried, man, and I and I'm and I'm a very uh uh spiritual praying person. I pray a lot and I meditate a lot. And I just, you know, I just promised myself I would not put myself in that position again. And from that night, I just changed my mindset. And I said, enough is enough. I don't care if I don't have any money. I just cannot keep doing this. And I just say with the uh, grace of God, you know, I don't even know how I did it. But I know I went through it. And um, I just stopped servicing cheap customers. I started... you know, rebuilding my name, my brand, and that's when I went through my revamping stage. You know, revamping the business, i um, getting away from the low end customers. Um, you know, uh, I finally had saved up like fifteen hundred bucks, and I met this guy who was doing SEO at the time. And I never forget he came to my house and he told me he said, "Yeah, I can do your SEO and get you on Google." And it was just something about this guy that I really trusted. I had got a good vibe because I that's the kind of person I am. I pick up on people's vibes. And uh, you know, and I think what it boils down, just picking up on the spirits, and I just got a good feeling about this guy. And um, he said, you know, for me to put you on Google, you know, it's going to be a thousand bucks. And I'm like, damn! At the time, I only had fifteen hundred dollars. I'm like, damn! I got to get this guy like a, you know, all my money basically. Mm-hmm. And I did it. And I did it. And I say within like three to four weeks, it really started paying off. And then I started doing, um, I went and bought this book called AdWords for Dummies, um, you know, those dummy books. And that's how I, how I learned how to do Google AdWords back then. And I started doing Google AdWords. And that was a big part of my success. So I just really just start every time I got a, you know, a, a profit, you know, you know, I just start using that money to do something new into the business and I, Ended up giving me a van which was one of the proudest days of my you know my career me and my wife had went and got this van it's like 2500 bucks and it was like a great van for 2500 and next thing you know like a six months later i ended up getting my first truck mount you know which that was an amazing story because the guy i went to john dunn and this guy who was one of the salesmen at the time i had put in the application and he was like yeah uh, you know, which you know, not having good, you know, at the time I didn't have good credit. It was like, yeah, Yo, you're gonna have to end up putting like five thousand dollars down. I'm like, five thousand dollars, you know, and, and it was a box of three eighteen and the box was only like twelve grand. I'm like, damn, it's almost half, you know. It's like, <laughs> and um, and you know, I'm the kind of person I envision and see a lot of things, you know, before it happens. And I just kept seeing this truck mount, just kept dreaming about it, I kept seeing it in my dreams, you just kept seeing it, guys. And And I'm like, I keep seeing it, but I don't have the money for it. Where is it going to come from? So I'm like, is somebody going to give me the money? I'm going to hit the lottery or something. And I'm like, man, I don't have $5,000 to put down on a truck mount. So something told me, you know, it's just that, 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 you your, you know, something's speaking to you. Something told me to call half, at the time it was half the way capital that was financing it. And something told me to call them myself. And I called and the lady picked up and I told her and I said, hey. I submitted an application trying to get a truck mount, and I just really just poured my heart out to the lady. I said, you know, this truck mount would really, really uh, do me justice. It would really take my business to the, nev- to the next level like I really needed to. Um, and she said, you know what, Mr. Lee, um, mm-hmm. let me go talk to my, uh, my manager and see what we can do for you. And at the time, guys, uh, again, I think I had like maybe a couple grand in my account. And, you know, and she called me back like two days later and she said, "Miss Lee, I got some good news. Well, we can put you, uh, get you a truck mount, the Boxer 318, brand new for $500 down. And, and guys, that was another big part of my business. You know, getting that truck mount really elevated my business because it, it, it allowed me to feel more confident about myself. Because I had been rolling a portable around for five years. And when I got that truck mount, it just... just gave me like a superpower you know i just felt Mm -hmm. so good to pull out those hoses and people see the truck mount leave the doors open and and i and i was also always uh able to be more efficient with my work and do you know get better results and you know and people you know i could say at least in my area, i live in the suburbs so you know i'm you know i can see if you live in new york city or something like that but here in in you know in the suburbs 30 miles from atlanta People they they are used to seeing certain types of equipment. You know, we have the big companies like we have. I have we have Stanley and Rays here in the Atlanta metro area, so people know they're kind of hip to the type of equipment we use. And I I I, I, I used to tell how people would look at me when I would bring those, that portable into into their house. But as soon as I got my my truck mount, it was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, you got the truck mount, you got the machine in the van. I'm like, yeah. They're like, yeah, the last cleaner didn't have that. I said, what did he have? Oh, he had this portable. And I said, well, did he, did he do a good job? Well, he was okay, but we just wanted the truck mount. I said, oh, so that's why you didn't call him back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he clicked on me. I said, damn. I mean, guys, real story. I got more repeats and referrals one year with the truck mount than five years with a portable. A lot yeah. of guys want not want to hear that. But just, it just, it's just the reality of perception, you know? And, and 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 that truck mount, like I said, I knew it. That's why I told that lady it would change my business. And, and within one year, having that box of 318 changed my business.
0: Yeah, say, and uh, sorry, go ahead, Patrick.
2: No, I was just going to say, that's one thing, Courtney, I think with you that's so unique and why so many people are drawn to you and why you have such a following is because of how genuine you are. I've always felt that about you. Is your willingness to share and you being a really genuine person, you know, all sorts of stories, What whether, you know, we see your success, but then you also talk about your failures. And that's one thing that not many people, and especially in our industry, not many guys are willing to do. You'll see plenty of people talk about success and you'll see plenty of people brag about success, but very few people will give you the whole picture. And one thing I've always respected about you is, you know, you always – you know, tell it the way it is, good, bad, or ugly. And I think a lot of people respect that about you. And that's that's one thing that I enjoy, especially with the YouTube. I've enjoyed looking at the evolution of Courtney Lee because you can go back and look and watch those videos and see where you were and then see where you are. And it's just, I mean, it's amazing to me when I go back and I look at those videos from years ago. And by the way, they were still entertaining then. I mean, I still enjoy watching those, but it's just it's really interesting to see. And I think people actually get to see it. Some more genuine experiences. So many of these guys that just hop on there and, you know, th- talk about their success. You know what I mean?
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. What I was going uh, to say too, kind of adding to what Patrick said was a, a, that turning point that we, you just talked about, that would have broke a lot of guys and a lot of guys, they would have given up and gotten out. And that's kind of, almost everybody goes through that to a certain point and that you find out really what you're made of. And that was really good to hear how you kind of decided, okay, I can't keep doing with the same type of customer. What do you think so many guys stay in that mind frame of, well, no, I have to stay at this type of customer. I can't branch out to go to the higher end. What do you think that is?
1: Uh, Fear and not, not, not understanding, um, how one thinks, you know, when you think a certain way, uh, you know, when you see certain, uh, uh, you know, a certain, it's like it's like a person growing up, you know, in the hood their whole life. Well, they don't know what it is like to live in the suburbs, it's like someone who's grown up in the trailer parts their whole life. They don't know what it feels like to grow up in a gated community and vice versa. It's like someone who grows up in a gated community. They don't know what it feels like. But sometimes we have to put ourselves in different positions. And that's one thing I was willing to do because, it, like I said, it got to the point where it wasn't getting any better. It was getting worse. You know, when you can't, you know, buy a box of chicken for 20 bucks, you know, I mean, like, it's not going to get any better. Um, mm-hmm. So I think a lot of it is, is a lot of guys are just so, you know, not not physically, but mentally they're trapped, you know, because they can't see past what they're doing. And I've had guys tell me that I have guys come up to me guys at custom appreciation day. This one guy came, I never forget about four or five years ago. He said, Courtney, man, I wish I can turn my business around because I always hear you talking about it. I always hear you talking about revamping your business. He said, Courtney, I've been doing this for 20 years, man. If I did that, I would literally lose all the customers I've been doing for 20 years. And I said, I can understand, but you have to You have to be willing to accept that and he was willing to accept that you know he you know deep down he wanted to change his business model but he knew if he he did you know like when i did it i was like five years in when this guy's talking about he's 20 years in, he's two decades in that's a long time man and i think that's what a lot of you know i think it's so important now with the information that we have on social media and youtube and the internet it's like you really have to really understand what you're putting yourself in and where you want to go in your business even before starting a business because i see so many people do that they'll they'll they just want to copy and paste oh i want to do what courtney's doing i want to do what patrick's doing i want to do what standing steamers doing. i hear guys say it all the time oh i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna I'm take all standing steamers customers i'm like dude that just shows me you're you you do not understand what you're doing standing Steamers a franchise they're and, and and not only are they a franchise they're not a tr- tr- traditional carpet cleaning company, they're a marketing company. They just market carpet cleaning, you know. They can care less if the customer is happy or not. You know, most of them now. I can't say all of them, but it's not the same. So when I hear guys comparing themselves to URAs and staying Steam, I'm like, dude, it's, you know, those companies are in totally different worlds than you are. Um, and it is it's uh, but yeah, it's just a mindset, but you gotta be willing to to, to risk. You know, you buy. You know, just like me, when I had that fifteen hundred bucks and that twelve hundred dollars, I was willing to risk that. I was willing to give that dude that thousand dollars. I didn't know if I was going to get the results, and that's the kind of person I am. You know, it's all about risk. You know, and I think when the, you know when you make when you take risks, you know, it's not going to always you know be on your side, and you're not always going to be a, a, re- rewarded for it, but. I do believe if you do it with the right intentions, you know, because it's just money. You know, so many people get caught up in money and you know, I hear these, you know, you see it on these groups and it's money, 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 money and lot like, of dude, money comes and goes, you know. We spend money, we make money, we invest money, we lose money, we give money, we receive money. I mean, it's just it's just, it's just money, you know. And um and that's another thing. I think a lot of us get so we get so down in and so focus on the money, we forget what really matters.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Another thing too, to add to that, something that I heard you say too on the, I think it was one of your live videos you did in Cleaners Connect. You were kind of chastising some of the young guys. You were kind of picking on them and saying, listen, you're going to go to these houses wearing your pajama pants or whatever. I can't remember what you were saying, but basically picking on the guys not having a uniform, not dressing the part. Yeah, talk a little bit about that. Give some of these yeah, guys I a mean,
1: on that. I mean, yeah, it's all again, it's all about perception. And again, it's all about who, who you're trying to identify with. Like me, I, I don't know if you guys remember me talking about this, but I used to have gold teeth, you know, because the neighborhood that I grew in, that's what we did, you know. Um my my, my, my mom had them, you know, my grandma had them. So it was just something that I was, again, always used to seeing. So I had got them at the age of 16 to like the age of what, like 27, you know, and I ended up getting them taken off and I got veneers because, again, I knew which direction I wanted to take my business. And I knew I could not go into certain neighborhoods and certain homes because they, they can't relate to that. You see what I'm saying? They can't identify with that. Um, and I think that's what a lot of guys, you know, they try to play both sides of the field. Like you hear cleaners say, oh, I'm the best cleaner, but they charge 30 bucks a room. That doesn't make sense. It's like saying a Ferrari, you know, is the best car, but they sell for $30,000. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't be the best, but be the cheapest. Um, and, you know, but a lot of it comes to um, how you present yourself, you know, because we all know as businessmen, you know, you can look at a guy, you look at any scam artist, look at any uh, uh people that took advantage of someone, people looked at them and trusted them by the way they look. Look at Bertie Main Man- i mean Bertie Maynard. Mm-hmm. If he was like a bum, no one would trust him. You see what I'm saying? But he he but he he had everything visually set up where people would give him their hard-earned money. You know, and the whole time he was a crook. He was a scam artist. So that's my thing is it all starts about, it's it's that old saying, your first impression is your last impression. You know, you can be the nicest person in the world, but if you're walking around looking mean and, you know, you don't smile, well, how do people know that? (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So we we, got to be careful how we present ourselves. And, you know, you, you can present yourself any way you want, but you have to understand whatever person you're trying to present yourself to you, you got to be able to relate to that person. Yeah. Talk,
2: talk a little bit about the mindset of some of these cleaners. I think that's something I saw you touch on a lot of times is so, and, and that's kind of what we were talking about just then, but the mindset of so many of these guys is it's so hard to change. And um, we had Philip Wallman on here last week, and this was a good point, Philip philip made was he said you know um he was talking about his dad his dad being a carpet cleaner but he said for the longest time my dad's mindset was he said he wouldn't charge people enough because in his mind he would think well i would never pay that for a service and i think that that's a problem uh with a lot of guys they're trying to get their their mindset changed you know from what they would pay to, you know, the thinking about the type of customer, what that customer would pay. And I know I've heard you talk a little bit about that. Can you elaborate on that a little more?
1: Yes, sir. So the reason why um, I, I kind of blame the industry itself, because when you look at any industry, carpet cleaning, I mean, it just falls to the bottom of the barrel. You know, um, you don't have to be the most educated person, if educated at all, uh, again, when it comes to appearance, you see how some of these guys dress. You see some of the vehicles they drive around. Um, I mean, even myself, you know, these carpet cleaning companies, they just hire anybody anybody, and throw them in a the van. These guys, when they see these, you know, they go work for Stanley Steamer and they say, oh, damn, Stanley Steamer, I just did $2,000, uh, you know, with this one truck for them. I can go do that for myself. And that's how a lot of them become carpet cleaners. Um, but, But the reason why... It's because, i and I've talked to a few of the IRCRC guys, is that this industry really has no standards. I mean, when you go down to the root, you know, we can blame the technicians, but you look at any other industry, electrician, plumber, and I'm not saying they don't have their bottom of the barrel, but carpet cleaning, it just falls so far down to like landscaping and, you know, tree, you know, guys who cut trees because this industry has no standards when you can send someone into someone's house with no education of what they're doing. I mean, think about this, guys. Carpet cleaning is the only industry where a guy can go in someone's house with chemicals, OK, with chemicals and put chemicals in the carpet and make the home more toxic than it was before he went in. Who are you blame for that? Who do you blame? Yes. You don't blame me. So I, I, was, I was like, why doesn't this industry have like regulations and you know, uh, where people have to be licensed? I mean, I hire my AC guy. He goes into the attic with a flashlight and a toolbox. I hire my plumber. He comes in with a toolbox. I hire my electrician. He comes in with a toolbox. I hire my handyman. He comes in with a toolbox. But you hire a carpet cleaner, he shows up with pre-sprays. You know, and then he's mixing pre-sprays and you know, rust removals and assets and it's light, but he has no knowledge of what he's doing. So I really blame the industry. You know, a lot of people don't want to admit that, but when it comes to me and the way I feel about it, I think it's the industry's fault because at the end of the day, they are the ones that can they, that control the regulations.
2: Yeah, I agree with that because I feel like that if there was standards and if there was some, some kind of, you know, because any guy can just you know, start a carbon cleaning business tomorrow, put signs on the side of the road, come into yep. somebody's oxidizers and, like you said, yeah. acids. But if there was, like you said, I mean, you you know, you can't just decide tomorrow that you're going to be an electrician and start advertising to be an electrician, you know, and put a sign on the side of the road saying, hey, electric, you know, so if, if there was a, some kind of standard, I think it would, the industry would be less watered down and if there was at least a minimum Standard that you had to meet it would keep a lot of these bottom of the barrel people out and make the industry a little better than what you're talking about because i think that's what i mean like you said pretty much anybody can just you know become you know start a cleaning business so Ooh. i think that make a solid point there
1: yeah anybody can start a carpet cleaning business and um you know I, i'll say you know um yeah i mean you got these companies and the in and, and the carpet cleaning industry is just so divided i mean it's High price, low price, high end, low end, or, you know, uh, hot water extraction, uh, uh, CR, you know, uh, low moisture cleaning. It's just so separated, you know, just like, you know, when you really reflect and when I when I reflect on this industry that I've been in for 21 years, it, it's just, you know, I can see why. And, and I'm and I'm very grateful that these groups were not around when I was, you know, going through my uh, rebuild uh, because. I see why a lot of guys get confused now. You know, if a guy wants to put up a, a a question on one of these groups, I mean, what's the best pre-spray? I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. You know, <laughs> what's the best one? Here we go. Well, how much should I charge? And that's another question I just don't understand. You know, and that lets me know that one doesn't understand what he's doing when he saying, how much should I charge? I'm like, how much should you charge? Well... What are you doing? You know, how long is it gonna take you to do it? What are you gonna to have to use to do it? You know, uh, so like I say, man, this industry, you know, I've been in this industry for 21 years and I have seen them come and I've seen more go than I've seen, you know, I've seen more come and go than I've seen m- more uh come and stay. And it's just a revolving door, you know, the carpet cleaning industry because um, like you said, uh Patrick is so watered down and so many cleaners um but you know one thing i will say you can see now is that i can see a cleaner come into the industry today and a year later you see him selling his equipment on these buy sell and trade groups and i see it all the time so uh but you know it it, it has this good point you know you know nothing's perfect but i i really believe if i could you know contribute in some type of way i can definitely help rebuild. This industry, Even though I'm doing more uh, hardwoods now, uh, I could probably be one that can help make this industry a lot better uh, for those that, you know, that, that want to do it the right way and also want to take it serious.
0: Yep. All right, guys. So this is the conclusion of part one. Be sure to tune in next week for part two. Thank
1: you for listening to the Cleaning Professionals podcast. To find out more about Patrick and Seth please check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe and join us next week for more great discussion about the cleaning industry.
0: And as always, never stop learning.